All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. We'd love you to support this show. Please like, follow, and subscribe to us on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Your likes and subscription helps us to grow and attract interviews and content. So please retweet and share our posts. Your contributions are appreciated. Greetings and welcome to episode 422 of the KISS FAQ podcast. I'm your host again this week, Marcus Almighty on the message board. And of course, I am joined again by my esteemed colleagues, Mr. Lonnie Weishauer. Hello, esteemed. sir. St. Louis, Louis Kiss. I'm sorry, I'm sure for using your proper board names. I'm, I'm so used to using people's proper names. Excuse me for that. And uh, then, of course, we have uh, my, my other esteemed colleague here, uh, 69th Blizzard. Ken, how are you, sir? I'm good. Thank you. That's good. That's good. So we're back again. As we all know, Mr. Uh, Julian Gill is not with us again this week. He is overseas in the uh, lovely, warm temperatures of the UK, enjoying... Uh, family time, stuff like that. So much deserved break. Uh, so hopefully he's out there having a good time, having some fun and not worrying about the board or anything else right now and just, you know, taking a break from all those things. So uh, before we get started on our topics for this week or our main topic for this week, uh, anybody get anything new? Yes. Ah. Ken, Ken, you have yes. gotten something new. So what did you get this week? And uh, if you want to run through it really quickly for us, yeah, yeah. Much anyone, obliged. If anyone saw that uh, episode where uh, um, Julian uh, interviewed Steve Ronnie um, recently about his book, his picture book of his, they're, you know, taking pictures taken from the audience, um, a mm-hmm. book and has other, has Kiss and it has, you know, Van Halen, Scorpions, Ozzy, you know, all that throughout the years, mostly the 80s. Um, and the, the reason, one of the reasons I got it is because, well, there's Kiss pictures, but there are a lot of uh, pictures that for concerts that I went to because he took, he was in the Bay Area here, same as me, and I went to a lot of those same concerts. <laughs> so it's kind of like a for me it's it's like a scrapbook um for for the concerts and you know it's it's pretty cool it's pretty you know it's pretty simple it's mostly just you know pictures it has a little bit of text about the concert before want to hold it up so beforehand it. so here, uh, here's, a, here's a van halen one um oh very cool so, nice yeah yeah that's the center of that one that was kind of care but um but some key ones here is like, you know, here's a ah. from the Creatures Tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very nice. This was, um, in that was the one that I went to at the, at the uh, San Francisco Civic. Um, nice. The third show. <laughs> um, and, you know, there's, there's a ton of other Def Leppard, uh, ACDC, you know, it just go it goes on and on. And, uh, and it course. has it has a set list for what they played on the first page, and it usually has this still has this ticket stub and that kind of stuff, oh, nice. which like is kind that. of a nice little touch. So you know, it's cool. I, I don't know if it's for everybody. Um, Let's see the front cover. But the, oh yeah, it's called Pictures Alive uh, 
rock shows of the 80s and beyond and uh so i'd i'd be i'd be foolish not to ask if there's any rush pictures in that book uh was there any rush i don't think though i I know they did play i know they did play san francisco quite a few times or the bay area so yeah i'm not sure i saw them a couple three times in the bay area um looks like that was not one of his bands that he went to there was Dio, Rainbow, Queensryche, um, Judas Priest, Aerosmith, hmm, very nice. Hagar, Iron Maiden. The Iron Maiden one, um, there's the Day on the Green where a lot of those you know groups played, you know, uh, like yeah. Iron Maiden and Scorpions and all that. I was like, oh, yeah, I was there. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's a nice little, you know, book. And of course, did you find yourself in the, any of the photos? There's no, well, yeah, there's no audience <laughs> pictures. It's just you know the important people that are on stage. So, ah, I see. Um, but uh, you know, uh, if you're interested, you like concert pictures. Uh, they're pretty, you know, they're pretty cool. You know, even though they're, you know, it wasn't he's he didn't get in there as a press pass or anything like that. You know, it's just from the audience and different spots. He brought his camera in and took shots. Yes. So well, there you have it. Did a great job, though, by the looks of it. So some great photographs yeah. there for sure. So, of course, the episode that Ken was referring to was episode 421, where Julian interviewed Steve. Uh, so if you want to get more information on that, go back to the episode and check it out. It was a good episode. I did watch some of it. I didn't get to watch the complete thing, but it was, it was really good, though. Um, so next up is our news segment. So what what is new in the news this week as far as KISS goes? Uh, the things that we have here to kind of talk about really quickly is the ongoing Loomis rumors. Apparently there was talk in another podcast that these leaks are preventing KISS from releasing them. A- any comments on, on that comment? I think that's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> because, because, because everyone, everybody knows how much KISS video content we've gotten in the last 15 years. So, yeah, these leaks over the last three weeks, they are the ones to blame for this. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Because KISS has put out so much video. There, I went on KISS Cruise 2, KISS Cruise 2, in 2012, and somebody asked doc what about kiss allergy 4 and at the time i thought it was the most ridiculous thing in the world we were still asking about kiss allergy 4 in 2012. 10 years yeah ago. and guess what we the only video they put out since that date is kiss rocks vegas that's the oh and nothing nothing mm-hmm. vintage have we put out hell kid can't even get to buy <laughs> yes, yeah yes. <laughs> Yeah, so it, it's a joke. It's the that that, that comment <laughs> right there is just a joke. That's uh, it's like, it's like uh, Kiss. First of all, Kiss doesn't want to pay for that stuff because that's why they don't put it out because they're gonna have to pay for it from uh, somebody you know who probably um, to, to even use it. So uh, not unless they get it for free, they they may you know include something like that in a box set or something down the road. But uh, it's they're not gonna pay for it. And it doesn't seem like they're very interested in, in it either way. Yeah. So, uh, our, as far as I'm concerned with this comment, when I first saw it, I thought the same thing that Lonnie just thought, which is like, oh, yeah, 
I can just see it now. At the, they had this big business meeting. They're like, damn it, we were going to release all those exact same videos that this Loomis guy did. We were so ready to do it. But if it wasn't for this Loomis guy, we would have all these nice, high-quality versions. Yeah, right. They're not going to put out any of that stuff. That's not going to prevent anything because they're not going to be doing it. I think KISS is looking way beyond kiss for their retirement i think they're they, they don't they don't care about this stuff anymore i really don't think that it's high under priority list as far if it was then like we just hinted earlier if this stuff was important to them then they would have you know took went forward and got the stuff cleared for like the dubai thing i, I i'm, I'm trying yeah. not to say dubai i, I know it t- ticks you off so uh but they would have clarified this stuff and they would have fixed it you know and it's it's just a it's a complete joke at this point, you know. Yeah. So uh, another thing that was brought up, and I think this is more kind of like a joke, but we we, we should we should just uh, we will address it. I mean, just I, I don't know how seriously I'm going to take this, but is Loomis little Andrew referring to Andrew Scambati? I think is Loomis Andrew. I I think that that's just a, a, a probably just a little joke in Among Us. I don't think. I don't think Andrew would would do that. I don't think, but you know, what what do you guys think? No, no, I don't think it is. But if it if it is, good for him. <laughs> I mean, that's all I have to say about. It. I mean, if it is, if it is Andrew, good for you, Andrew. Good job. Well, not not to not to defend him more because I don't think he needs defending because he's no. you know he's a good guy and he's a you know. I, I think that he's pretty much on the level and likes to do things above board. And I also yeah. think that he's mainly an, more of an audio guy too. So that wouldn't really make as much sense. I don't think so. So anyways, that was a little joke thing that we can just brush off. But the other comment that we had to discuss really quickly is that about the never ending tour sources close to doc are saying that kiss will return to Europe next summer. So, was our original prediction that this tour is never going to end correct? Lonnie, what do you think? That's what we, that was, I think that was our consensus basically last week is that, you know, they, as, as long as people are going to keep on coming and keep on paying, we're going to keep on touring, you know? Um, think about it. Think about this. This will be on the same end of the road tour, their third trip through Europe. Three times through Europe on the end of the on on one tour, has that ever been done before? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't, I don't think, so. think so. I mean, that's a lot. I mean, that that's a that's 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 a lot. And if they're gonna do Europe one more time. What we said last week too—that another run through these big markets in the states that they haven't hit since 2019—that's on the horizon as well. If we're if we're gonna go back and hit Europe again, we're gonna hit these major markets in the U.S. again. So I. I'm almost certain of it at this point. Yes. Ken, your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, the, the never-ending tour. Nancy should name it the never-ending tour and, uh, you know, add some new features to it where they, you know, like, you know, Paul, you know, how he goes out there, flies to the middle of the, you know, the arena or whatever. Well, now what they can do, since it's the never-ending tour, he can fly out there on top of a gigantic dog. A flying dog. Right, white one, a white. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like the yeah, the never-ending story <laughs> movie. If anyone knows that movie, never-ending story. Uh, you know, these the kids or whatever they they get on the dog and there's a flying dog. It's a huge dog. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's like yeah, that's what Paul can do on the never-ending tour. 
Yes. Well, you know, like I said, or like we said last time, are we really surprised that this kind of an announcement comes? No, I don't think so. Because, you know, if there's one thing that KISS has definitely, you know, nailed in our heads clearly is that they love money. And whatever they need to do to get more money, uh, they're they're going to do it. I mean, Gene Simmons said it to himself before, you know, on a couple of documentaries I've seen, you know, it's an addiction. When you get some fame, you want more fame. When you get a little bit of money, you want more money, right? So I think that it's uh, pretty clear that it, it, I think that these guys are maybe just trying to really just line their pockets so that once they do finally end, <laughs> when they do end this, that they can actually finally say that it's done and they don't have to come back and say three years later, yeah, we, we, we didn't mean that. We're coming back again, you know. So I think they're really trying to just fill the coffers, so to speak. <clears throat> okay, so that's the end of the news segment. Uh, weather will skip. And so now <laughs> let's get on to the main topic for today. Now, on July, bleh, July 14th, 1992, was the anniversary of the release of Kiss Extreme Close-Up, 30th anniversary of that. Now, first question for you guys, uh, do you remember the announcement of this video coming out? Ken. Mm, you know, I, I probably, I had to have heard it and I knew it was going to come out. I'm sure I got it on the first, <laughs> first day it came out. But uh, I think, I probably heard it something like on Headbangers Ball. It had to be something like that. Um, I'm going to say, I don't think it was a magazine or anything, but it's, it's probably Headbangers Ball. I probably heard it was going to be out and was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, another video. So, um, I'm and again, I, I'm sure I got it right when it came out. So yeah, that's my guess. I can't remember it anymore, but I think that's probably it. Uh, Lonnie, what about you? Did you, did you ever hear anything about this? No, I did not. Um. I mean, I was I was a little bit younger in '92. I was 13 in 1992, <laughs> so I don't remember it coming out um, necessarily. I don't remember hearing about it coming out or anything like that, you know. But I do remember buying it probably late that summer, early fall, you know, when I could collect the the $15 needed to purchase that, you know. Yeah. VHS. So, but. The, on VHS, of course, you know. So I, I do remember buying it, and and we'll get into it. But I, I don't. I did not buy it the day it came out. Um, but I remember seeing it and thinking, mm -hmm. I, I I love the new album. I I, I gotta have that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, I kind of came to that a little late. Uh, I don't think I got to it like that. That right when it came out, kind of business. I probably got it some maybe similar to like Lonnie, like maybe a little bit later on in the year I picked it up. But one thing that I do remember is because. I had maybe a couple of years back or maybe a year or so back, I had just discovered Exposed because my, one of my friends mm -hmm. had it and he was just newly joined to my band and he was a big Kiss guy. I talked about him a few times in the podcast, but he had Exposed and I had watched that the first time at his place a little bit before this came out. So I was kind of excited. They had another, you know, long form video coming out, you know, Exposed was so comical and hilarious i was kind of wondering is there, are we gonna get more of that this time mm -hmm. but you know he told me you know because he was one of these guys who was like really trying to find out all the little details before it came out he was trying to convince me ahead of time no no this is going to be a real serious you know sort of look at kiss you know i'm like oh really i thought that that was kind of interesting because 
like I said, exposed, came across as almost comical, and it was a fun watch, right? So this was supposed to be a serious look at the career of Kiss. Now, uh, so you mentioned, Lonnie, when you kind of bought it, if, you know, later on in the year, and Ken mm-hmm. said he might have probably grabbed it right at the beginning. Now, when you guys got this, what was your first initial reaction of this video when you first got it? Like, did you find some of the interviews to be, you know, accurate? Did you kind of think to yourself, uh, I- I'm not agreeing with some of this? Do you find some of it cringeworthy? Let- let's go to Lonnie with that first. Um, for me, um, Extreme Close Up was how I really learned a lot about the history of the band. I heard a lot of these stories. Um, for the first time, whether it's Cadillac, Michigan, or or or, or just just off the top of my head, Cadillac, Michigan, and 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 just other things, just just the chronological chronological progression of the band. I I learned a lot personally being 13 years old, probably when this came out. Um, I mean, I knew all the albums. I had a lot of the albums. I didn't have all of the albums. I had a lot of the albums at the time, and. I was like, oh, that's interesting, and then I, 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 it's really how I learned a lot. Did I think it was cringeworthy? No, because I'm sitting there at 13. I'm just like, just like <laughs> hanging on every word Gene or Paul say, and just believing everything that comes out of their mouth as as just gospel. Um, and from and then for a long time afterwards, it was the video I would reference and and I would go back to and and rewatch it because I I learned I learned so much watching it. And if somebody wanted to know something about the band or somebody wanted to get in the kiss, I would refer them to that video just because of the, of the history of the band. And, and, and then we'll get into the clips that are, that are, um, and that, that we all saw for a lot of them for the first time mm-hmm. in this video also, um, just, just to see the chronological progression of the band. I didn't think it was cringeworthy at all when I first watched it. Um, and I, I, I just took it as gospel and love. Great. Ken, what about you? What was your first reaction? Yeah, I mean, I'm with Lonnie. <clears throat> I learned a lot of stuff, too. I mean, even though I was, you know, been around since, like, 77, uh, getting into them, but I still didn't know the whole history. I knew from, you know, certain little, you know, books, which were really limited in, yeah. in their, you know, in detail and that sort of stuff. It was mostly pictures and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I learned a lot uh, about the, their progression from the beginning and uh, that was the first real kind of, you know, bio kind of uh, video that we saw uh, with just detailing, you know, they, they got together and, you know, uh, Steve Cornell and, and all that kind of stuff that mm-hmm. I, I didn't really know about. So it was very cool to see that. Um, uh, later times now, watching again, I still, I still enjoy that part of part of it for sure um you know when they start talking about the oh we love all women and all this that's that's the only cringeworthy kind of now part i I get but back then it it wasn't it didn't bother me or you know i was i was a lot younger then and stuff but now i guess as i'm getting older it's like yeah they probably didn't need to get into that or whatever but that's fine. I mean, that was the sign of the times too, <laughs> which is a yeah. lot different than you're. You're still really coming out of the '80s, right there. Yeah, know? exactly, exactly. Yeah, no. With all that hair, hair metal, and all that stuff. Sure. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it was, uh, you know, very cool. And then you know, we were just waiting for 
a lot of the, you know, the, the videos, uh, the other videos yeah. that live stuff that we hadn't seen before. Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, it was, holy shit. Come on, man. Stop. You already went. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry guys. Hey, shadow. Stop. Sorry guys. Uh, anyways. Uh, <laughs> shadow so, agrees. Yeah, Shadow was in very much agreement with what we were just talking about. So for me, um, when I first saw it, just like you guys, a lot of this stuff was new to me. Like I said, I was getting into Kiss around that time, like heavily. I'd, I'd known about Kiss obviously for a long while because of my sister, but this is when I was starting getting into like really deep diving into it. Hmm. So uh, a lot of those video clips that were in there, I had, I had not seen before some of those live segments that they were showing was like completely new to me <clears throat> and uh you know back then you know when i was you know at that age when i was kind of watching it i was like wow you know these guys are so cool and you know you're so impressionable back in that time period uh and when i was watching it then i i only thought of you know the, the great aspects of it. like look at those shows look at that stuff look at the old footage you know because don't forget this is around a time of revenge right when this came yeah. out so they were already like out of makeup for a long while now at this point so we were, we were all used to it they had put out revenge and you know they were rocking with that album but I, i'm curious though and i know lonnie kind of mentioned it and i think maybe ken did it a little bit too but that was our initial reactions now i don't know about you guys but i rewatched it the other night in full just to kind of you know refresh myself on it does your opinion on it change having watched it now in more recent times now that you've kind of you know grown up and you know a lot more about it and you know we know how gene can sometimes say stuff that makes you roll your eyes and stuff like that what is your kind of reaction of it now in hindsight watching it lonnie um i don't think it's really changed a whole lot it it, it was really nostalgic kind of watching that um i hadn't watched that and I don't know. A good number of years is the last time I watched Extreme Close-Up. I mean, it might be pushing 10 years since the last time I, I <laughs> it just, it's, you know, yeah. put that in, sat down and watched Extreme Close-Up. You know what I mean? You know, with, with YouTube and everything else available at your fingertips these days, you know, I, you don't really go reach for the, for the, for the DVD and, yeah. you know, almost dust off the DVD players. I don't use it, you know, a fraction as much as I used to. You may kind of hope that it still works. Um, <laughs> But I, I haven't watched it in a long time, and it made, really kind of made me nostalgic, nostalgic watching it. But, you know, I it made me, re, you know, just recall watching it for the first time and, and how it propelled, and how it was a big part of actually propelling my fandom into them and me just be becoming so much more knowledgeable about the band. I don't find it cringeworthy at all. I actually really enjoy um, some of the things like Paul says about the KISS Army and the KISS fans. Because I think at the time in 1992, um, what Paul's saying about the Kiss fan, you know, the Kiss fandom, how it, you know, leaves him speechless. You know what he's saying at the end. Um, you can, I, I, I still feel that that's heartfelt right there. That, you know, they, they, they he knows that they've waned in popularity at the time. You know, Revenge had come out, and we, we, you know, we're, but we're touring clubs. We don't, we're not really touring arenas right now, and that tours until later in the fall we're trying to push that off to try to build some momentum so that we can try to pull off because and here the revenge tour was was called off short because the kiss had waned in popularity but but paul paul's 
sentiment toward the hardcore KISS fans and the fans that had sucked by KISS um, for for 20 years at that point, you could, you could really feel, I at least I still feel that in him watching that video. Um, so I don't find it cringeworthy at all. I find I find it more heartfelt than than a lot of the stuff. You know, I I, I kind of I kind of get cringeworthy at a lot of stuff that they say today, mm. and like some of the some of the more some so, of the modern yeah, day yeah. some of the modern day interviews today. Yeah. yeah. And like that A and E special last year, some of that was kind of like that. That's more stuff. I'm like, no, that's not really how that happened. Type thing. Where I think this one is really this video is a whole lot more true to form. I think going back watching it. Um, it doesn't leave me shaking my head like, no, that's not how it really happened, or mm, I don't know, that kind of turns me off type thing. I, I, I really enjoyed watching this again. Great. Ken, what about you? Now in hindsight, what, what, are, your, what are your opinions on it? Uh, you know, I still enjoy it the, the way I did way back. Um, just things that stood out to me, though, and it just they probably brought up a million times were the things like uh, comments like, you know, uh, where Paul says, you know, Beth was interesting. <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> and I like it says, it was interesting. It was, a, you know, a B-side because... We figured it, it was a throwaway. It, yeah, it's, yeah, it stood no <laughs> chance. You know, it's like, that's like, okay, because, you know, Detroit Rock City was, you know, expected, you know, his song was expected to be better than that. Uh, which partly true, I guess, uh, but I wouldn't call it, they put it on the B-side because it's a throwaway. There's a lot of good B-sides out there. Um, and then the other thing uh, um, that, you know, Eric Carr was a much better drummer than Peter Chris. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say he's much better. It's a different style. They just play different styles. Um, could, Barry, Barry Peter Chris is a drummer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's stuff like that. Uh, it's like, yeah, you know. And then, you know, the other thing that they always say, Ace stopped growing. He didn't blossom, you know. Um <laughs> He, he, he was actually, he, you know, and again, he kept growing even through up to the elder. His guitar playing was top notch, and his solos were still top notch, even on the elder. Um, so I, I can't believe that, you know, he he didn't. Yeah, it, it was just other issues. Um, you, you, you talk about the way they talk about Ace and Peter um, in this video, and yeah, we're we're. 1992 so we're, we're four years away from the reunion um but i still don't think i still don't think and and, and i get what you're saying like oh yeah you know we figured beth was a throwaway beth was interesting <laughs> a stopped progressing and when someone stops progressing you know it's still nicer than the things they say about them today though <laughs> it's it, much, it the things they say about ace and peter in this video are much nicer than the things they've said about Ace and Peter for the last 20 years since the reunion tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it, it is true. A lot of bad things. I, I mean, you know, we, we kind of touched on what the next kind of topic of discussion was going to be, with, which is your sort of favorite mo- moments from the video. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. But the one thing that I found interesting, too, when we get to referring to this sort of thing is, uh, you know, like that kind of stuck out to me, too, is, you know, we put Beth as a B-side because he thought it was a throwaway. That That's just propaganda from Paul Stanley because uh, honestly no record label puts on a song on a b-side because they think it's garbage they're trying to sell a sell product mm-hmm. you're not going to put a song on that they think is complete crap on the other side sure you might put one that's maybe you know 
look, some people will say, why did he put Murder in High Heels as a B-side? Okay, it's not a fantastic song, but maybe they put it on there because it, it fit with the other song. You know what I mean? They're not going to put a song on there that maybe j doesn't jive with it. Whatever the reason is, nobody puts on a song on a record if they think it's shit. You know what I mean? I think there he was just, you know, I think he was still sort of hurt by the fact that it became such a huge song and, you know, outsold Detroit Rock City easily as a single, you know. Uh, other comments on here that kind of made me sit back and say, wow, I didn't remember him saying that. And it kind of made me sit up for a second was when they started talking about Bruce Kulick. Like mm -hmm. Gene was saying that he goes, you know, that he's a great guitar player, but it took him a couple of albums to get rid of all that n noodly shit that he was doing. And I thought to myself, what? What the fuck are you talking about? Like, first of all, Asylum is like one of the best records that he's done, you know, and you guys wanted a guitar player like that, you idiot. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they wanted somebody who could do all that stuff. And that to me, there's no, there's no noodly woodly crap on that. I mean, Mark St. John's a little bit more dwiddly yeah. than Bruce Kulick yeah, was, yeah. okay? I find Bruce Kulick much more melodic, much more soulful. And I think all the stuff that he did was was great. I mean, as, mm -hmm. if he's trying to imply that he didn't play anything good until Revenge, that to me is incorrect as far as I'm concerned. I mean, sure, yeah. maybe Revenge might be his best lead work on record, but the other stuff is certainly nothing to pass over, in my opinion. You know, I think he did some great stuff on there. You yeah. know, and and I'm gonna ask you this guy got this question to you guys because I, this is what kind of hit me after I watched this. We'll get to the favorite segments in a second. When I was done watching this. Something kind of occurred to me. Tell me if I'm nuts or if you think I might be onto something here. I almost got the feeling that this video was done as almost kind of damage control. Lonnie had hinted on the fact that they had been kind of weaning in uh, popularity at this point and that, you know, that they weren't mm. able to sell out as well in the mm. North American stuff. It, you almost get this vibe from them that they were trying to make Kiss look really cooler than they were at that time. They were trying to really <laughs> blow up their image a lot more than they were, you know, like that whole thing. If you love us, God love you. Don't like us, that's fine too. If you're in the middle, get out. Like all this kind of stuff is like, you know what? That's just that's just ego talking there, okay? With that all that kind of stuff that they were talking. And, you know, Gene and his, you know, referring back to his green-haired first girl that he screwed on tour and stuff. Like all these things, <laughs> they were really trying to make themselves look super cool. And it was happening in the press too. They were trying very hard to get whatever they could, you know, people on front covers with other people on magazines, like Paul with somebody else, you know, mm -hmm. even even tried to do it with Ace. They tried to get Ace on, on the cover with uh, Dimebag Daryl, who was a huge guitar player mm -hmm. at that time. You know what I mean? They were trying to remake Kiss look like they were cooler than they were actually being viewed at at the time. Am I crazy or what do you guys think? Lonnie? No, absolutely not. Um, I, I always refer to the Revenge era as the, the tough and cool era. That, you know, <laughs> they're, they're trying to look tough and cool. They're sitting there in their black leather and you can see Gene's black gloves and, you know, they're, they're trying to look dark and, and mean and, and rough. You know, and, and I think a lot of that was like their response to like the Metallica Black Album where you know, Metallica looked tough and cool in 1991. Mm. You know, well, I guess not the response. I mean, it, they came out in the same year. But other band, other bands were doing the same thing. Yeah. Other bands were trying to look tough and cool and, oh, those guys are badasses type thing. Um, it's, it's, it's what a lot of bands were doing. So I, I, I think it's, it's them following trends at the time. Um, and, and, and some people looking 
maybe watching that for the first time and thinking, what are they doing? Why are they, why are they dressed like that? Why are they saying those things? Like, <laughs> that's just weird. Like, why, why is a, why does a band need to be like, like, why do you, why do you want me to be scared of you almost? <laughs> um, but that was, but that's what it was at the time. So, and I get what you're saying, Mark, that it's, it's, it's very different. It's a very, it's totally different. Just watching Gene and Paul in those interviews and then watch Gene and Paul in Exposed from just a few years earlier. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a totally different vibe that you get from those two. I mean, they're trying to be funny and like, we're a band and we're fun and, you know, and look, yeah. look at us, we're just wild and crazy guys, you know, <laughs> is, what, is what they're trying to pull off in, 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 uh, in Exposed. Yeah. And then you get to Extreme Close-Up five years later and like, you know, you know, I'm I'm, I'm mean and I'm cool and I and I screw girls just for fun and you know, <laughs> yeah, it's really what it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's it, it's it's interesting how 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 that seemed to happen because I mean now when you look at them when you're talking about stuff now, there's so much more kind of laid back about stuff. It's funny what having a lot of money in your coffers does what it's funny what having tours that sell out and having like you know 15 to 20,000 people on a nightly basis does for the way you kind of approach interviews and stuff like that than how it was with them back then you know what i mean like they they get eric singer in and the first thing they did rather than just say no eric's a great guy and you know he's fits in well with the band they had to go in there and knock down peter chris three pegs you know it's like it's 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 unbelievable that they couldn't just be content with their, with their position in rock history at that point. It just seemed like they were trying to blow themselves up more than they were Ken. I didn't get to you, my friend. Sorry. No, Go no, ahead. that's all right. It's, I mean, I was gonna say, yeah, I agree with all what you guys would say. Plus, I mean, they were an aging, considered an aging band at the time, oh, yeah. an old band from the seventies, you know, kind sure. of thing. They're barely hanging on. They're not doing well in sales of their album, really, or or the tour. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, I, I agree, kind of that maybe that video was trying to draw up some. Okay, we'll we we'll don't have any of it. We'll throw a bunch of new, old our classic Kiss stuff, you know, and and draw them back in and get get <clears> people <throat> excited to maybe, you know, come see us. Um, but uh, you know, the other thing about it is you know they're aging there, but. Uh, you know what? When they put the makeup back on, the aging stops because <laughs> you can't see the aging. You know, it, it looks they go. Oh, it looks like the original. You know, group. You know, it didn't look. You know, from the the hard diehard Kiss fan, but from a general audience, it's like, oh, look, Kiss. They, those guys, they look just like they did in the seventies. And let's go see them now. You know, so I I I just think that. It, they got serious and they just tried to do something to create more spark. Plus, they knew the other thing is when we talked about money earlier. Those videos sound sold like crazy. That one, I think, uh, mm-hmm. and, and then even you know, exposed uh, all their videos ever have done very well. Exactly, all their videos have done very well, and this Sam Loomis has ruined it for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, now they can't put another one out. Right. God, I mean, one of the Sam the Loomis. Hell. I mean, they they be cranking out these videos like they always have been. <laughs> Damn it, Sam Loomis. Yeah, but but you know, it's interesting that you uh, you refer to this era as the tough and cool era, Lonnie, uh, because I think you're 100% hit the nail on the head with that because 
not long after this, we got Kiss Confidential that came out. And when you watch that, you know, more tough and cool. Like, look at the backstage footage, you know, looking at strippers, you know, checking out their asses. And then getting that one girl to crush the can with her. Like, that. this is all trying to appeal to a 16-year-old watcher. You know what I mean? And I ate it up, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But that's what I'm saying. But they were trying to make themselves look cool because I think one thing that Ken said maybe was ringing in their ears and bothering them, which was Arkis the Rock Dinosaurs at that time. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want that tag, I don't think. I think they wanted to still be talked about as the cool band in the circles with the younger people still, you know? You know when people talk about Kiss, yeah. they don't want to say, oh, those old fucks, you know? They wanted to be looked at like as the cool band, you know? So I, I think that that could be it. Lonnie, what do you think? Yeah, I think so too. I mean, you look at it, by 90... By late 92, even by 93, when by the time Confidential comes out, um, you know, it, grunge is now the thing by, by then. By 92, 93, grunge is the thing. And then, well, what, what was before grunge? Oh, it was hair metal before grunge. Mm-hmm. What was before hair metal? Okay, well, the early roots of heavy metal with, with Sabbath and, and Kiss and Zeppelin and things like that. So, like, but they, they were lumped into that, like, like almost like three, gener- three generations of music back. Yeah. And and I think they knew that that well, people people were by by ninety two ninety three people were making fun of of like Poison and Cinderella, and and Warrant and those type of bands like mm-hmm. oh that that was just stupid like listen listen the listen the Pearl Jam listen to Nirvana, listen to Soundgarden that's that's cool and trendy now that hair metal stuff that that's that's out and it died quickly when when grunge mm-hmm. hit. You know, and you know, to the point where even a band that was as popular as Guns N' Roses, you know, they broke up. They had their own problems though, too. That's another thing. But I mean, they 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 were kind of lumped into that because they came they kind of came on the on the end of that hair metal scene and like led into the '90s. But but even their popularity was was kind of waning at the end because because bands like Pearl Jam and because Guns Guns still had like the hair metal type attitude though that they carried with them, even though they weren't like a hair metal yeah. band. But but Kiss, this is a Kiss podcast. Kiss was a, was a couple of generations back though, as far as musically wise. So I think they were looked as like the old timers, and like Mark said, the dinosaurs. And so I think their response was, well, "We got we got to convince kids, or, or or just young adults that that we are we are cool. We're we're as cool as any band out there. Look at look at this girl crushing this beer can, and and yeah. you know look at me. I hang out with strippers backstage and." You don't like me, get out type thing. So I, I really think it was. I think they were well aware of that. Um, and and you know, and ultimately, and ultimately, ultimately released to the, the reunion where they embraced that. But at yeah. the time, they were fighting. Yeah, Ken. No, I, you said it all. Um, Ken, you yeah. start going first. There's a green on everything. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, 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 I totally agree uh, with what you said. I mean, I'm, I'm just right on board. So. Yeah, I mean, and it's interesting, though, too. One last thing before we get to our favorite segments. Uh, thinking back to the things that were released after this, like we just talked about, you know, uh, Confidential came out after. And years and years later, Second Coming came out, which started out, interestingly, like they went back through through their beginnings, did a little segment about their beginnings and the coming back of the band to the reunion part of it. So it's interesting how they kind of almost had a very small sort of extreme close-up moment on that where they kind of ran you through their early you know history of the band and then you get over to the reunion part of it and all of a sudden everything is hunky-dory and they're back together i mean 
amongst those three that we discussed, just really quickly here, uh, extreme close-up, a confidential, and even let's say second coming, which of those three do you think are still ones that you would watch don't, most often? Don't forget the the kiss my ass video too. Okay, there you go yeah, too. There's that so, so let's include that too. Yeah. Out of those ones that we just discussed, which one do you think you would probably frequent to the most? Let's start with Ken. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, um, it's hard to say, but of the, you know, second coming is a, is a big deal, right? Um, that was, you know, big. Uh, but Kiss My Ass was okay. It's kind of like... I go to these videos more so for the the classic, you know, old live videos of them and makeup, that sort of thing, uh, for the most part. Though, the, the extreme close-up was really good because of the, you know, they had a couple of the newer videos, too, even, you know, yeah. Unholy. He's like, oh, good, I get Unholy on video, you know, and, and that sort of thing. So, um that was cool. Um, so I, I can't pick one over the other, really, of what I would frequent more. Um, though I would probably say I would frequent this one, Extreme, and and uh, the, uh, the, you know, the Second Coming. Cool. Lonnie, what about you? Um, yeah, see, it's a good thing you went first, Ken, because I've been locked up with you again. Um, I, <laughs> I enjoy this one a whole lot and i really enjoy second coming um where you you get a brief overview of the band's history and then you really just get to relive that reunion tour from the rumblings of it after unplugged all the way through that last show and, and then um preparing for psycho circus to come out and it's it's such a it's it's a great video because that reminds you of what a such a fun time to be a Kiss fan it was at that time and how all of a sudden a band who was just left for dead basically had just risen and be and not, not only risen but became the most popular band in the world all over again and it was kind of like a victory it's it's almost like a victory lap for, for your fandom too that oh here's my you know you we we're all so proud of kiss in 1996 like oh look yeah. look at them and you know my my band is the biggest band look at look how fast my band sells out arenas you know yeah. you know you you were, you were really proud of them at the time so i like this one i like this video because of the of what i learned about the band and, and you know and i still like their tough and cool image in this in this video as well but second coming is 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 right there with it just because of the sentimental value of that one as well yeah, and I, I find, like, for me, uh, I like to kiss my ass because they showed a couple of videos there that I, I hadn't seen, like, some of the old things that they would shoot out there that I was like, oh, I never saw this version of that song or didn't see this video before. So it was good for that as well. But, uh, you know, th th that was also interesting at that point, too, because they were managerless at that point. And you would talk, you see Gene talking from his guest house, uh, talking about an album they're working on and releasing those pictures that were supposed to be for the uh, uh, what's that, Carnival of Souls, the record, and it had that zipper-faced head guy. Yeah. Remember, George, he was showing yeah. that image there at there, and it was like, oh, well, what the hell is this? You know. So it was interesting that they were talking about that and how he had arranged the, the tour of Japan because they didn't have a manager still at that time. So it was an interesting time period then, but I have to agree, uh, Second Coming was really fantastic when that came out. One of the things I loved most about that was when they actually showed you at Gene's house 
them putting their makeup on the first time mm -hmm. and just actually trying to see if this would actually kind of work look wise again and you know the rehearsals that they were doing like in these little small studios and stuff those are the kind of things that i really love you know seeing those kind of little behind the scenes segments of them doing it so mm -hmm. i thought that that's always been a, a standout video and one that i don't think they've really uh equaled at the after that i mean sure the kissologies are great for what they are but as far as a look back at the band in a point in time i think second coming really really hit the nail over the head so before we forget let's go to our favorite segments from the extreme close-up so ken what was your what are some of your favorite moments um it's it's more about the again the videos um you know seeing stuff like uh uh uh, excerpt from Anaheim 76 because I had never seen any of that um, yeah. I, I had a couple of bootlegs back then a few uh, but not a lot, not, not many um, I couldn't get my hands on them um, but you know and e even the other videos like um, you know sure know something even something like that is finally on video um, a, a yeah. regular video um, and you know uh, I just wanna and, and stuff like that um, Japan 77 stuff was cool um, and then you know Brazil 82 mm. uh, that that sort of stuff so you know all of it is actually <laughs> you know awesome uh, because that's the best part of kiss is is them performing whether it was a regular video or or the live stuff in general that I had never seen it's it's always it's always fun to watch like fun to watch when we saw these new videos released today um, or the last you know few weeks from uh, mr loomis and it's mm -hmm. the same kind of excitement true very very true what about you lonnie yeah i i, I really like a lot of the videos that that are that are in this um because for me it was the first time i'd seen a lot of this footage you know if not if not the majority or all of this footage um, you know, I, I had no idea watching it that that we made like videos for like love them, leave them, and and, and sure know yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it was the seventies. There wasn't MTV, and like, you know, what is this? This is this is cool type thing. And I really love the the Brazil stuff from from um, from eighty three with with mm. War Machine and, and the Common Doctor Love segment. See them playing yeah. like those last shows in makeup in front of that huge crowd. And you're like, wow, that's that's amazing. But, um, and then what's really a standout for me on that as well is the world without heroes. I'm like, I had really no idea that something like that existed. Yeah. You know, I didn't, watching that the first time, I knew almost nothing about the elder. I didn't own the elder because, you know, you know, you're 13 years old, you're on a limited budget. What songs are on the elder? I'm like, I don't know any of these songs, you know? So, yeah. It, 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 so seeing that and like, that's weird, you know? What, and like it but it made me want to go buy the elder I'm like what else is on there that's mm -hmm. so strange that they, they have short hair and jen's <laughs> crying you know <laughs> crying he's just playing um, an acoustic guitar yeah right what's happening what am i watching in fact like ken the first time you listen to the other like what am i listening to <laughs> <laughs> so you know there, there's a lot of cool stuff in there and they all have um different different unique moments in there um for everybody probably yeah yeah i have to agree i mean a lot of the for me a lot of the videos that were on there were new to me as well i mean it's it's interesting that lonnie brought world without heroes 
because I mean that was one of the first ones when I saw it. I was like, whoa, what is this? Like that this is a period of time that, like Lonnie said, wasn't very readily available. There was no like you know home videos that had you know videos from the elder. You know, like, there was nothing like that. So when you saw this stuff, it was usually on these kind of videos for the first time, and it was interesting to watch. I mean, for me. Uh, some of the, the the sort of dialogue that was done in there, it, it's it's sort of my favorite moments because they they were the things that made me kind of laugh, you know, when they talk about certain things that that happened in the within the band and stuff like that, mm. and uh, you know, like the stories like Eric Singer talking about being in oh, yeah. attendance for one of the mm. concerts yeah, there, and he was yeah. in the balcony there, you know, it, it's stuff like that that really uh, you can't help but be, uh, you know, have a smile on your face when you when you. Uh, see that stuff the one thing that i thought that was sort of missing on that video though was i i wish they had shown or had a little bit of uh segments with eric carr in it you know like him talking in there there was nothing really yeah from eric carr on that you know and he was such a big part of that band i mean he was in there for such a long time with them you know you would have thought that he would have gotten a little bit of a, a chunk of a segment about him in there you know or have him talking about something you know yeah uh, but you know, the, overall, I think that it's a decent video. I think that it was done for a specific reason at the time to kind of reignite people's interest in the band. And uh, did it do it? That's debatable. But uh, you know, four years after that, they didn't need to really worry about that after all because they had the reunion come up, and uh, you know. That was that. It was time to move on with the reunited lineup of the original lineup. So, so yeah. So cl closing thoughts. What what would you uh, what would you give this video out of ten? What 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 kind of rating would you give this video, uh, Ken? What's out of ten? What's extreme close? Hmm. Well, I mean, I, I enjoy it very much. So even though you know I don't watch all the time, there's so many videos out there. But uh, <laughs> I saw uh, that too. I'll give it a. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it a like a I'll give it an eight out of ten. Cool, Lonnie. Um, I give it a nine out of ten. It, it's it's really really well done, um, and and it's it still accomplishes what it was intended for, and that is to to give an overview of the band up until that point, even though it's outdated. You know, when you watch it now, that it's you know there's there's a whole lot of more history of the band um, since then. But it still accomplishes exactly what it what it sought out to do, is mm -hmm. give the viewer the overview of the band. And, you know, this is who we are. This is where we came from. This is what we were in the '70s, and this is how we transitioned out of the '70s. And this is who we are today. And we're still proud of who we are today. And and, and we talk about the tough and cool aspect, but they really were proud of who they were at the time. You know, that yeah. we we've transitioned out of that. You know, we. We, we have these new members. We're really proud of this new album we have. We're really proud of what, the way the band sounds. Um, and and they, they were marching forward. I really don't think that they were doing... I mean, granted, they're, they're looking back, and there's a whole lot of Ace and Peter stuff in there, but I, I don't think they were putting that out there, testing the waters for a reunion tour. I think they were, you know, they were just proud of who they were, where they came from, and where they were going. Mm -hmm. and, and I think it accomplishes that very well. I, I agree. Uh, I would give it probably an eight as well. Uh, you know, I think that there's a lot of stuff in there that's very important to the history of the band. And like you said, even to this day, I think if you were to get a new Kiss fan that just getting into the band, showing him this video wouldn't be the wouldn't be the worst thing to give him as far mm -hmm. as learning the back 
history of the band. I think it really touches on a lot of important parts of it. And uh, I think that they would learn quite a lot of it. So I'd, I'd give it an, an eight out of 10 for sure. So that's our look at Extreme Close-Up. And I'm sure we will do probably another one of these with some of the other videos at a later time. But before we wrap things up, let's do a little couple of other topics here really quickly that we can discuss. Mm -hmm. um, I'm guessing these are maybe ones that Ken decided were discussion worthy <laughs> off of the off of the message yeah, board. You know. So uh, so let's 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 give it a give it a look here. So let's try this one first. Is Dynasty a disco album? What do you think, Lonnie? Is Dynasty a disco album? I think I Was Made For Loving You is a disco-type song, but I don't think Dynasty is a disco album. I don't think Save Your Love is a disco song, or Dirty Living is a disco song. I think there's a lot of good stuff on Dynasty, um, and I think it gets misrepresented because of the lead single of I Was Made For Loving You. You know, I, I really like Magic Touch. Is, does would Magic Touch um, just fit in nicely if you insert it into the middle of Rock and Roll Over or Love Gun? No, probably not. It sounds much different than than what was on Rock and Roll Over or Love Gun or what they were putting out just a couple of years prior. Um, and the same can probably be said about Sure No Something. It would it would be like that's kind of strange all of a sudden. That's mm -hmm. that's a different sound for my for my band all of a sudden. But I don't think it's a disco album per se. I think I was made for love and you. They is a is a disco song, but you know, um, it, it's more of a pop album to me than it is a disco album, honestly. Yeah. yeah, excellent point. Let's go to Ken. What do you think? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, first of all, yeah, it's not a disco album. Um, it would have to have all disco songs and disco beat on the whole thing through pretty much. Um, and like Lonnie said, it's to me it's more like yeah, it's, it's pop or power pop or pop maybe you call it pop rock kind of. Um, I mean, it, it was lighter than you know, wasn't even foreigner level. I mean, foreigner was, <laughs> would be considered a lot harder uh, at the same time. I think I think foreigner had like uh, head games out at around the same time. I think same year, and mm -hmm. uh, I would say. Foreigner was a more rocking album than the Dynasty, so yeah, it, it's more poppy and popish, in which they then, of course, went to unmasked and got even more pop, poppy um, on that one. So yeah, but as a it's a disco album, no. Yeah, I mean, I've always thought that uh, to me, Dynasty was always a record that reminded me of New York City. I said that a hundred times on yeah. this podcast, but it, to me, it's just like a New York sounding record, uh, you know because they opened the album with I Was Made For Loving You, it's almost like people instantly tune their hearing to like, okay, it's gonna be all like this now. And, and it's almost like they're trying to pull out elements of I Was Made For Loving You in, in the other songs. Like if it has a double 16th hi-hat beat on a song, oh, there's some disco element, which is not the mm -hmm. case. You know, Gene sort of did a little do to that bass line that he has in there, that's very disco-ish, but it was just not song. He doesn't play like that on the rest of the record. I mean, the, the other points are very good, like Lonnie made, like listen to the other songs on here. I mean, Save Your Love is not a disco song. X-Ray Eyes is not a, a disco song. Charisma is not a disco song for sure. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's like Ken said, that there's more elements of pop in this 
than there is of disco. And I think that Kiss would feel more comfortable going more the disco route than they would going to, I mean, sorry, going more comfortable going the pop route than they would be going down the disco yeah. route, for sure. Uh, you know, and you, as long as you have Ace really in the band, I don't think you could ever get away with making a complete disco record. He would, I don't think he would ever <laughs> go for it. And because he was, he was a, such a big writer on the album too, mm-hmm. it, it just, it just couldn't happen. I mean, they even have a, they even did a Rolling Stones cover for crying out loud, like come on. So there, there, it's, it, it can't be anything but a pop rock record. Oh, I always said that they should have. I was made for loving you as the last song on the album. It should have been the kind of afterthought. Had all the you know the regular rock stuff first. I mean, they could have ended with you know uh, "Dirty Living" and "I Was Made for Loving You" at the end mm-hmm. at the album, and just the rest just keep keep the rock, you know, more of the rock stuff flowing um, to keep the fans try to keep the fans happy <laughs> that they were starting to lose, you know. Yeah, exactly. So another question that was brought up, which I think is a good segue coming out of this one, we were talking about, you know, is this a disco record? Here's a good question for you guys. So what do you think is Kiss's first truly metal album that they made? Kiss's first heavy metal record. Let's go to Ken first with that. What do you think is Kiss's first metal album? Yeah, in a way, it's kind of difficult um, because some people think, for instance, hotter than hell because of that mix, <laughs> you know, that muddiness is 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 kind of metal. Um, but I, I'm gonna go to later. Uh, to me, even though Creatures was pretty heavy, I still feel, for some reason, I feel that Lick It Up is the the, the metal album for me. I think hard rock is is Creatures still, but metal i think look it up you know was the first one that in my opinion of course lonnie no i'm um i'm gonna go creatures though i think i think it's creatures i mean i consider i consider what they did in the 70s really hard rock i don't really consider it metal i think after the elder and then looked at their mistakes from the elder and i think that's i think they really transitioned into no let's be Let's be more heavy. Let's be a, a metal type band, and they and they really became a metal type band with Creatures. And I look it up, and, and Analyze is very heavy um, as well. So I think Creatures to me is their first metal album. It's a really you can really see their tone changing with Creatures. That it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like like Love Gun or, or Rock and Roll Over. It sounds much more heavy. Those guitars are much more fuller. Um, their lyrics are, are, are darker, um, and for me, for me, it's creatures. And I, I think "Lick It Up" is a, is a metal album, also. But I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll say they, they achieved that for the first time with creatures. So. Yeah, interesting because I, I had a good think about this too because I was trying to think to myself what constitutes a heavy metal record. <laughs> true. You know, yeah. like what is it that makes a? Is it is it the sound? Of the of the production, is it the lyrics that make it? Is it the the guitar sound? Like what is it that makes it metal? Now, I think the overall sound on Creatures of the Night is really like a massive switch of sound for the band at that point. And I think that them even they said themselves that they were trying to return to their more hard rocking quote unquote metal 
sounding mm-hmm. record that they wanted to come back with. So even them in their own eyes, they were trying to come back with a record that had metal implications to it, right? And you know you can't you can't uh, fight the fact that songs like "I Love It Loud" or "Creatures of the Night" are just you know metal through and through. They're just very heavy. The guitars are pretty uh, thick and crunchy and stuff like that. Uh, but you know there is an argument to be said, I think, for an album like "Animalize." I mean, you listen to that album, mm. the production of it is much more of the heavy metal sound. Mm. The, the drums on it are like really thunderous. The guitar is like really in your face. The, the leads are just whew, like they're just unbelievable how they are cut. They just cut through your ears when you listen to them. And, you know, there's there's no real ballad on that album either. I mean, if you listen to Creatures, you have, yeah. you know, I Still Love You. Right. And heavy metal purists might say, well, there's a ballad on this and I can't be really, you know, which is ridiculous. But, you know, I I still think that if you if you can look at it from that angle, they might say Animalize is more of a metal record. But I'm going to stick with Creatures. I think that as a first, you know, metal record, I I think that it's definitely that's the one that I would refer back to. And if anybody ever said, what's the heaviest Kiss record? What should I go listen to? Well, you know, beyond that, I would say Revenge is probably the heaviest one. But mm. for that period, you know, I mean, that, that the, drum, the drum production on that and just the overall sound of it is just very much of the, of the heavy metal ilk. So I'm going to go with Creatures of the Night. All right. All right. So I think we have enough time for maybe one more really quickly before we wrap things up. And uh, here's a little interesting comment. So are KISS as a legacy band in history underrated? Ken, what do you think? The, yeah. Um, I think as a legacy band, I think there's not much talk about them. Uh, they're just kind of uh, thought of as, you know, a lot of people think, oh, they're just the makeup. It's just the makeup. It's nothing else. Um, and that, the, you know, that's the only reason that they're popular, pop- popular at all and still around. Um, but you know, again, that the music, it was, it had to be there to do it. So I, I think still, even though, you know, they're still doing well actually now, um, I think they're not really, I guess the music side is underrated. I feel, um, we know the live side's not underrated, but the, the music that supports that stuff is in my opinion un, un you know underrated for sure um so that's that's where they are underrated for me lonnie what do you think i think they are underrated as a legacy act i mean you you look at what they've accomplished in nearly 50 years of and, and surviving different different genres and mm-hmm. different members and, and not just surviving but their influence on generations of musicians that came afterwards and how many people reference kiss as a as a major influence to them um you know and, and how many how many live acts in the 80s wanted to be kiss how many of those power bands how many, how many of those hair bands in the 80s wanted to be kiss and kiss was their their inspiration i mean they they really inspired a lot of music that came that came afterwards and not just inspired, but then the music itself. I mean, it's good music. 
I mean, we, we get on here, we, and we bash Kiss for this or that, but, man, we're on this show every freaking week because we love Kiss, and we love the music. And it's good, and it really is good music. It's, it, is the makeup really, really um, visually exciting? Is their show very visually exciting? Sure, absolutely it is. But their music is just fantastic, and it's has really stood the test of time in my eyes, and a lot of Kiss fans' eyes as well. I don't, and I think that the the, the national public and 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 throughout the world, I think they a lot of people don't just don't get past the makeup. They think, oh, look at the Kiss, that that's nonsense, um, and and never really give the music a chance that that really inspired generations of, of musicians that came afterwards. So I think, I think they are very underrated. Um, I, I think their music stands up to, to anything in my opinion. Very well said. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of agree with, with you guys because, you know, whenever I hear somebody refer to a band as a legacy band, the first thing that comes into my mind, whether this is correct or not, is I can't, can't help but think of like, you know, county fairs, you know, like, you know, lover boys right. playing. You know the the Ottawa Fall Fair this weekend. You know, like the, that's what I keep thinking when I think about like a legacy band. But you know, Kiss is not like that. Even though they are a legacy band, you're talking about a band that's still out there playing arenas. Still, they're playing big numbers. Still, you know, they're going to Europe and they're playing huge. Look at Daniel. You say no when they went to Scandinavia, they were playing gigantic places. Still, mm-hmm. you know, most legacy bands probably can't say that. And you know, and why is it that a band like the Eagles will get will be talked about in a much more respectable light than a band like Kiss? You know, I mean, Kiss is the the biggest. The Kiss they said has the most gold records of any American rock band. They said right. So why aren't they put in a better light than uh, some of these other bands? You know, no, they don't get the respect like the Eagles or Aerosmith or, or yeah. Aerosmith or someone like that gets. Oh, Aerosmith, everybody's. Everybody puts Aerosmith as like royalty, and nothing wrong with Aerosmith. I really like Aerosmith too, but you know what? What good music has Aerosmith put out in the last twenty years too? People say, "Well, Kiss, they don't put out music." Well, what good? Good. What? When's Alaska Aerosmith out? You're really going back. Yeah, get um, a grip. And yeah, yeah, really. And and so no, yeah, I think you're I think you're absolutely right, Mark. And I, I people like the and the Eagles. Oh, the Eagles! Everybody love you. Have to love you. Have to love the Eagles. Like you know, Kiss is just as popular, if not more so, and has just as good of music, if not better than than a lot of these bands that people would just put up as as royalty. Yeah, and I, and it goes back to what even Kiss were saying back in the day, that they don't get the respect in the media, and that's where all this stuff happens. Where you see Rolling Stone and all these magazines talking mm-hmm. about the Eagles, articles about them, and articles about you know Aerosmith and this and that, you know talking about their big 50th anniversary but barely getting a column in for kiss but you know what where it where it, at the end of the day the fans truly show the difference because look at the numbers that the kiss are getting still you know some of these bands may not be able to do as good in certain spots as kiss you know you never know you know i think that kiss overall still has a very loyal fan base you know and compared to a lot of these other legacy bands like i said when i i've you know, seen around, you know, some of these fall fair shows that are going around. And some of these bands have had some very bad end of their careers. Like, you know, like I think bands like April Wine and all these bands mm. that, that are here in Canada, just terrible endings to their careers, you know. And Kiss can at least hold their head up and say that they 
you know, are going out on their terms, you know, if, you know, if the tour ever ends and they, they'll, you know, be able to say, you know, they didn't have to leave because they were not playing to 10 people at a club. They were still playing big numbers. And I think that they don't get the respect that they deserve. And that's that. So let's leave it at that for this week. Uh, thank you all for watching. Don't, don't forget to leave your comments and you know your thoughts on this episode. What, what are your thoughts on Extreme Close-Up? What are your favorite moments on the video? Uh, did we miss out on something that we should have talked about from the video? Uh, you know, do you have any highlights that you think back to during it? Uh, the, the whole question afterward, disco records, Dynasty a disco record. What are your, what's your thoughts on that? What is the first Kiss metal record? And are Kiss underrated as a legacy band? All these comments we'd like to hear from you guys. You know, let's let's talk in the forum about this a little bit further. So that's that, and uh, we'll be back again next week. But until then, on behalf of Ken, Lonnie, and myself. We hope you all have a great long weekend coming up here in Canada. I don't know if you guys have a long weekend this weekend in America, but mm. we have a long weekend here in Canada. So all my Canadian friends have a great long weekend, and we'll see you all very soon. Bye for now. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.